What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with another episode here for the offseason. I know we miss football just as much as y'all do. We got the Senior Bowl coming up. We'll have some exclusive coverage for that. But for right now, we're back on our series of the best of 2020. We just did the best best of 2020 bowl season, but now we're on to MVPs. We're picking the MVPs for each conference for this past season. We got them all here. We got breakdowns. We got stats. We have opinions. It's all here right now. So, guys, we have a full show today. We have a lot of players to get to that deserve a lot of praise. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Starting with Group of Five, we're just going to lump them all together. We know that this show would be like three hours long if we had to go through every single conference. So these Group of Five players can come from any Group of Five school. So Brandon, why don't you go ahead and kick the show off with your first MVP for the Group of Five conferences? Zach, it's not even a Group of Five. It's just an independent school for me. Um, And I've got to go with Zach Wilson. He's got to be my MVP in this category above anybody else, honestly just because of his sheer numbers. I mean, we're talking about a kid who played more games this season in this COVID season than he has in the past two years. He's played in nine games the past two years. This year he played 12, and he was the starter at BYU last year. So I don't I don't know. Maybe we'll figure that out someday. But um, <laughs> this season he passed uh, – he, he had a uh, completion percentage of 73.5. That's insane. He had 3,692 total passing yards, uh, 33 passing touchdowns, and we're not even talking about his rushing stats right now. I mean, if we want to talk about this kid rushing, he had 70 rushes this season for 254 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, he was lethal on his feet. And and not to mention, Zach, did did you know that he had receptions this year? He caught two passes. I didn't. (laughs) I found that out today. Um, this kid was lethal. He finished eighth in Heisman voting this season. That's insane. I know we kind of glossed over that because we don't talk about anyone who's not in the top three, anyone who wasn't invited to the Zoom call, but or the top four. Um, anyway, no, Zach Wilson had to land on this somewhere, and so I've I've got him right here at number one in the in the power in the group of five slash independent schools. I'm disappointed in you, man. You all, you, you, I, you know, like I'm not even going to spoil it for everybody. I'm not going to spoil it too much, but y'all already know Brandon knows nothing about defense. Brandon, when 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 he watches football, he turns the TV off when his favorite team's on defense. He doesn't even like defense. All he sees is the offense running against Ghost. I'm going defense with my number one player in the group of five, which sounds crazy given that you know Zach Wilson was there. I'm going Xavier Collins. Tulsa he's a he's the linebacker for the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes he was the AAC defensive player of the year he won the Nagurski award this year Brandon and the Bernark award he went three for three he had 46 total tackles he led the AAC in interceptions and was seventh in the country as a linebacker Brandon 
He led the American in interception return yards and was second in the NCAA and had he returned two of his four interceptions for touchdowns this year. That's wild. Kid was all over the field. He's hyper athletic, man. He had four sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss. Brandon, he averaged 40 yards of return on his interceptions. That's insane. And this kid's a turnover machine, man. He he, he forced two fumbles. He recovered another. I mean, he, he can be a coverage guy. He can be a downhill run stopper. There was no question in my mind that Xavier Collins is was probably the best linebacker, I would say, maybe in the country this year. And I know that's a strong, strong statement given that, yeah. you know, he, he was a junior. and he, But in eight games to put up 54 tackles, four sacks, four interceptions, two touchdowns as a linebacker and to do what he did at Tulsa, I, I think everyone was shocked how good Tulsa is. But when you have players like Xavier Collins out there, man, it's, it's not hard to compete in the AAC. No, it's not. And honestly, he made this team so much better. You know, this is a Tulsa team that we didn't give enough credit to until close to the end of the season. But, yeah, man, I mean, he was a big part of that success. I mean, this is someone who I think could have first-round potential. I, I don't think he's declared or not yet, but I would be – if he comes back, I think you have to say that he is hands-on probably the best group of five player coming back next year. But, Brandon, I'll, I'll, we'll snake it a little bit. I'll, I'll go next. For my number two spot, my honorable mention here, I, I, I know this is going to sound crazy given that you started off with Zach Wilson. I'm putting it Desmond Ritter here okay, as my number two pick. He was the quarterback for Cincinnati, man. We, we talked about him. If, it, listen, if you listen to the Blue Bloods and have been, you know this name. This name is burned into your psyche. <laughs> Everyone knows that how we feel about Desmond Ritter. Brandon, he was the AAC Offensive Player of the Year this year. I mean, he led the conference in passing in pass completion percentage. That is all the way up, Brandon. We talked last year that his inaccuracy was is something he had to work on. He went from fifty five percent last year, which ranked tenth in the conference, to sixty six percent completion percentage. Wild. That that's just a huge jump. And, you know, on top of that, he was he had 19 passing touchdowns. He was fourth in yards with almost 2,300. He, he lowered his interception uh, total from nine to six. He was third in passer efficiency rating. This dude is just on a different level. And, Brandon, what really made, made me put him over Zach Wilson is that he led the American in rushing touchdowns. He had 12 rushing touchdowns this year on top – of what he was already putting up passing. So he gives him 31 total touchdowns this year. And I just think he's a more dynamic playmaker. I think he played a tougher schedule than Zach Wilson did. And I think overall, just with the body of work, Desmond Ritter deserved a shout out here for the group of five MVP. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and move on to another quarterback. Um, I've another not if, if it's who if it's who I think it is I'm just going to go ahead and hit stop recording we'll just release this tomorrow this five minute segment you should you should simply not do that Zach because I know you're upset about this kid I know you didn't want him to leave Auburn but he did Malik Willis okay we're good Zach. I thought you were going okay. Dylan Gabriel and I was going to quit the podcast no 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 I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> Listen, I love UCF as much as the next guy, but no. No, Malik Willis, Zach. And, and the reason that you said that you picked Desmond Redder is because on top of his passing touchdowns, he had 10 rushing touchdowns. That was the most for a quarterback in the AAC. 
Malik Willis had 14 rushing touchdowns. He's an independent, I guess. Liberty was independent. But that's that's more than that, Zach. So I, I feel like you have to at least kind of agree with me here. Not only that, Zach, but he had 170 completed passes this season. His passing percentage wasn't the highest. It was 64.2. It's not awful, not great. Uh, 2,250 yards through the air with 20 total touchdowns, only six interceptions. But really, he got it done on his feet, and that's why he was so dynamic, and that's why I have him at my runner-up for this for this award. Um, mm. 14 touchdowns, like I said, 944 yards in the ground. I think that's more than Chuba Hubbard had this whole season. Um, that's 6.7 yards a carry. That's crazy if you're a quarterback who averages 6.7 yards a carry because factored into those rushing yards, Zach, are sacks. So, so if you're averaging – 6.7 yards on the ground as a quarterback per carry. This guy, you have to understand this guy's a playmaker. That's that's simply what he is. He's a playmaker. He took this Liberty team as far as they went, and this Liberty team, I'd say, was really, really good this past season. There's reasons that he is probably going to be a grad transfer in this upcoming season, and he's probably going to end up at a big-name Power 5 school. The fact that, I mean, we'll just go ahead and address that rumor now. I mean – I think I, I know that CJ Stroud's a good quarterback and everyone's excited for him. If he goes to Ohio State, he should start. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that makes him an instant national championship contender. Zach, how do you feel that Auburn went with Bo Nix over him? You know, we didn't have to address that. We were having a good episode. <laughs> we were about to go through an entire episode with no Auburn or LSU talk, and you had to bring it up. I'm sorry. I, it's just, I, it, it's mind boggling. Once we get to the sec segment, I'm talking about how each of these players did against LSU. Now no, that's we where we're going. That. That's, that's how we're going to do this. We don't have but, to, <laughs> but yeah, guys, there are so many good group of five players. I mean, the fact that, you know, we had so many stars in that conference. Like, I mean, yes, even like Dylan Gabriel that didn't get talked about because of how good a lot of these guys play just shows how far they come. I mean, Grayson McCall, easily could have been up there too out of coastal Carolina. I mean, that there's so much talent in the group of five. And I think that's why like everyone like diehard college football fans get mad at the national pundits who said that there's no parody in college football. Cause there are some stars at the, at, at that, you know, I guess underground level of college football that just no one hears about, but let's move to, I guess the basement level of, of power five football <laughs> with the ACC. Um, I think that didn't they lose all, almost every single game in the in in the um, bowl season? It's bad. Yeah, it them in the pa- I know the Pac-12 did, but I think I think they might have had like one win, but that I think that might have been it. Yeah, that, that that's bad. Right, that's tough. That's a tough look. But I'll kick this one off, Brandon. So I made you start the last one. I feel like okay, I, I want to name two players here. It's so hard to pick one of these guys, but I went with the oh, – I know you're going to pick my guy. <laughs> I, I had to go with one, the one who I thought had the best season, Brandon, and I'm going Javante Williams. It easily oh, good. It easily could be Michael Carter. They both, you know, did their thing, but I went with Javante Williams, man. 1,200 yards rushing, Brandon. 7.3 yards per carry on over 150 carries. 19 rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns. I mean, this kid 
was so explosive. He was third in the conference in rushing yards. He was third in the conference in rushing yards per attempt. He led the the ACC in touchdowns and was third in the entire country in that. I mean, from yards for yards from scrimmage, he was seventh. He was fourth in the in the NCAA in touchdowns from scrimmage. I mean, Brandon, he led the ACC in points scored this year. That's yeah. just insane to me. The, the kid could do it all. I thought he was the more explosive running back this year. Out of the backfield, Michael Michael Carter kind of did the dirty work. I mean, this kid's going to be a serious, serious NFL player, I think. And I even think I think it was Pro Football Focus had him second, Brandon, over Najee Harris in this next draft class. They did. It was just crazy. Like that's that. I don't. That's my. They had Travis Etienne first, so I don't. Which know. is I'm, I. I think I think you could take any of these three guys, man. You can't go wrong. I mean, if I would have told yeah, Brandon, I just want to brag. I, can I go ahead and brag a little bit on myself? Uh, Javante Williams was my breakout player in the ACC from the preview. So I just want to say <laughs> I hit this one on the head, my guy. But I don't think you could go wrong with Michael Carter or um, Javante Williams. But for my taste, I went with Javante Williams here. Yeah, I got you. And, Zach, that's funny because I I know everyone heard me kind of get a little bit upset when you mentioned one of these two guys. I actually have Michael Carter. As I love my, it. As my MVP, I love which it. It's crazy. And I'd love for you to add on a little bit. But, I, I mean, very similar stat lines, I, I think, to uh, Javante Williams. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he had 1,245 total yards uh, or total rushing yards this season on 156 carries. He averaged eight yards a carry, Zach. That is bananas. That's beyond me. Nine rushing touchdowns. Not only that, 25 receptions for 267 yards. I mean, he was averaging 10.7 yards a uh, reception. So this guy can really do it both. And, and that's why I think that at the next level, he's going to be dangerous, dangerous. I mean, I get it. I understand Javante Williams is probably one and this guy's 1A. Sure. But these guys were both taking snaps. I mean, they were sharing time on the field. And I think that's because, like you said, I, I think that Javante Williams might have been a, a little bit of the flashier guy. Uh, Michael Carter, maybe a little bit more gritty, taking care of the dirty work, like you said. Um, but I think both of these guys are going to be stars and that's not even, you know, that's not even to mention his, his kick returns, uh, which I think, you know, when he did return kicks, he, he does fairly well. I mean, he averaged 19.5 yards of return. Pretty good, Zach. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> Michael Carter is honestly just a star. I mean, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna sit here and harp on a little bit too much, but, but what was the reason or not the reason? What do you have to say about this guy? Because I know that I know this is probably a really hard pick for you too. Yeah, it was super hard. I mean, I, I thought they both kind of deserved it. Listen, I get it. If we're talking about most valuable player, Trevor Lawrence, he won the player of the year, Brendan, for the ACC for offensive player of the year. And but I think really and truly, Brent, I know this is gonna sound crazy. I think one of these two guys should have won it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I think they, and, and this is kind of the thing that college football does. They hand out lifetime achievement awards. Mm-hmm. For this season, it had to be one of these two guys, but I get it. Um, I get that you have how, to have a Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to ask you this. How many votes do you think Javante Williams and Michael Carter got in the Offensive Player of the Year voting? How many votes were there? Like, um, you know, like, I got to have a gauge here. Hang on. I got to add these up now. Oh, it was Just over like 50. A, it was over 50. It was over like 50 votes? it was like yeah it was I think it's sixty on the dot but it's over fifty. 
Are we talking about like combined? How many do they get? Yes. Ten. Three. Wow. Wow. Javante Williams had all three. Michael Carter didn't even get a vote. What? Yeah, Javante Williams finished fourth, Brandon. You want to name the three players ahead of him? I I would not like to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, clearly, Trevor Lawrence was first with 45 votes, which dominated. Travis Etienne got seven. Ian Book got five. And then Javante Williams was tied with Sam Howell with three. And then rounding up the back, De'Aaron King got one. Right. That's crazy. No, I mean, it's, it's insane. That just blows my mind. Like, listen, I am the biggest Travis Etienne fan on this podcast. It may be in the world behind, <laughs> like, one person. And I don't think I would give Travis Etienne a vote over this kid. Either kid. Wow. I mean, Javante Williams and Michael Carter were the best two running backs, arguably, in the country. Zach, do you know how close I was just choosing them for my top? My, I was choosing I, one I of them I thought about it, too. <laughs> two for a runner-up. <laughs> I definitely thought about it. And, you know, for, like, for my second player, man, I, I felt like it's the same thing. Both of the guys who I was stuck on play for the same team in the same position. Okay. It's tough. I, I went with Rashad Weaver, though. Defensive okay. end out of pit. Um, he had 14 tackles for loss, Brandon, and seven and a half sacks this year, which was top five in the ACC. I was really torn between Weaver and Patrick Jones II, who I believe led the ACC in sacks this year with nine. But I just felt like Weaver had a more overall impact, and Weaver is just a better overall player. So I kind of gave it to him. He had um, three forced fumbles as well. I think if you look at Pitt, man, the one thing we said about them this year is that defensive line is something serious. And I think Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones the second just straight shows you what they could do. I mean, he came in third in the defensive player of the year voting. And I thought Rashad Weaver was the best defensive lineman. I get it. If you want to give it to Jalen Phillips, I get you. Or Jeremiah Owusu from Notre Dame, I, I got you. But for me... I thought Rashad Weaver was the most dominant, unstoppable player just on a team that didn't get enough attention, Brandon. Yeah, it's funny. I wish you would I wish you would quit uh leading things on before I say them, but my my pick here is actually is actually Jeremiah Wozu Cora uh not even gonna try, but Wozu. Um I know Zach, I told you, I told you pre um pre episode I only had offensive players. I promise you from here on out I only have offensive players. <laughs> I was so torn on who I was going to pick for my second player here in the ACC, but I couldn't not pick somebody from this Notre Dame defense. I mean, this guy was just so explosive this season. He had 42 uh, solo tackles, 26 tackles. That makes for 62 total tackles in the year, 11 tackles for loss, uh, one and a half sacks and an interception. I mean, if you watch this Notre Dame defense this season, you know how crazy this defense just was in general. I mean, they're, they're the defense that somewhat held off Clemson, but held off everybody else the entire season. Um, I can't put my finger on exactly how many points they held teams to, but I know it was, I think it was in the teens. Um, this defense was incredible. I mean, their only two losses this season came to Alabama and, and Clemson, who just, a healthy Clemson's dangerous in general, but um, these two teams can score, and they did. And that's exactly what happened. They were just too—they were too much for them. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, this kid was incredible, Zach. Well, I mean, let, let's let's not forget that they held Alabama to their lowest point total of the season. Yeah, thirty-one points. That that's what that defense did, and you know, for me, I, I felt like Notre Dame had one of the best defenses in the country this year. Oh, absolutely, and if I, I'd, I'd give them at least top three, if not top two, defenses. Yeah, I mean, they were up there, and that's why this team was a playoff team, and I don't think you could have went wrong there. I tried to think outside of the box with some of my picks. That way, we weren't just giving y'all, oh, this person won MVP for this conference, so <laughs> here we are. We're trying to give you guys, like, our picks, but, like, I think he was right up there, I, and it just shows that the ACC does have a little bit of talent, as much as, you know, average fans want to hate on the ACC. There are some strong defensive players. I mean, I think on defense, you could have picked Jalen Phillips. You could have picked Jeremiah. You could have picked Rashad Weaver. You could have picked Patrick Jones. I mean, you could have picked almost anybody. I mean, what about some of the DBs on Clemson? What about James Kukowski at linebacker? What about Miles Murphy? I mean, there were so many players on the ACC, in the ACC on the defensive side of the ball that you could have went with. Right, right. But – we're going to a hard conference. We talked before this, Brandon. This was one of the harder conferences to pick because they only played six games. But well, who and it's not even that they only played six games. It was just to me, it was that I don't know if there's a player that played like very consistently well for all six games. I feel like there were players that either got warmed up in the first couple games and then just took off in the second half of the season, or there were I know one in, in I know one specifically that didn't play a full season because he got injured, but he ignited his team when he did play. Um, mm. so well, yeah, I'm, I'm... everyone's wondering now, who do you have as your first MVP? <laughs> um, Michael Penix Jr. I, I mean, you have to, right? He has to at least be, like he has to at least be in the conversation. And I get it. On paper, you look at his stats – and they don't really light anything up. But you have to remember, this guy only played a partial season. He ended up having a season-ending injury because they only played six games, of course. But, uh, I mean, what he did do on the field, I mean, he, he led this, this Indiana team to victories that no one thought that they would get. He led this team to an almost comeback against, uh, against Ohio State. And really, Zach, I don't – like I said, I don't know what it was about him. He just kind of lit up the field when he was out there, and he kind of he kind of brought his energy because when you look at his stats, like I said, he only he was only had a fifty six percent pass completion percentage. Um, he only passed for sixteen hundred and forty five yards, which I guess through however many games he played, what was it four games that he actually played in? Yeah. Or anyway, something like that. Um, Fourteen touchdowns and four interceptions. I mean, that's really really good if you want to talk about it. Um, I get it. He wasn't super electric on his feet like he was uh, in this past season. I think last year he did a little bit better in the, in the few games that he actually played last season. He only had 25 rushing yards this season. Um, but like I said, I mean, he just had this X factor about him that made him bring this offense to life and led this team to places that we didn't really ever think Indiana could get to in football. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I, I just did pick him because I felt like – you know, after three, four games, you just can't be the MVP yeah. for the season. But I like the pick there. I got a guy who also plays quarterback that I've been real critical of, but I just didn't see another offensive player I could give it to. And yeah, so we are getting Justin Fields here. 
Yeah. yeah. I know that's tough. I mean, he, but he, when you complete 70% of your passes for 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns and six interceptions, you got to get it. I mean, he won, he's back to back big, big 10 offensive player of the year. He, I mean, I don't even know what you want me to say about it, Brian. I mean, he, he's first in passing yards per attempt this year, first in adjusted yards per attempt, first in passing touchdowns, first in passer efficiency. He's, he's number one in total yards, number one in touchdowns responsible for. I mean, this kid did it all this year, man. I mean, for his career, Brandon, he's number one in the Big Ten history in passing yards per attempt. Yeah. He's, he's number four in the entire history of the incident play in passer efficiency rating. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's, that's absolutely – especially since he – the Big Ten thing surprised him because he only played – like in a, I'm gonna give this a half season. He played a season and a half in the Big Ten. <laughs> oh, but I th- I think we both agree. He a talent. The talent of Justin Fields took that Ohio State offense to the next level that they needed to get to to actually compete for a national title. I I know Dwayne Haskins was good, but he was not Justin Fields. So I, I, they just didn't have that it factor quarterback, and so I think Justin Fields really brought that and. As much as you know, I've been critical of him. I think he deserves this MVP of the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I can see that, Zach. And um, I, you know, I got to go defense here, Brandon. I got to go yeah. defense here, Davion Nixon, Iowa okay. defensive tackle, Brandon. Okay, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know this kid is six three, three hundred and five pounds, Brandon. Just as a, just mo- a unit. He took an interception, seventy one yards to the house. <laughs> How could you not give it to him? I mean, Brandon, 45 tackles, 13 and a half for loss, five sacks, an interception for a touchdown, 71 yards, and a forced fumble this year as a defensive tackle at over 300 pounds. I mean, a unit. He was the defensive (laughs) player of the year this year in the Big Ten. He was first in tackles for loss, second in sacks, and listen to this, Brandon. He 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 is number six in interception return yards as a three hundred pound interior defensive lineman. I love it. I cannot get enough of this guy. And, and he's first in Big Ten in interceptions return for touchdowns. See that that seems like it's not allowed, but it happened. Hey, it happened, and I am so I I, I love this kid. I mean. He's athletic, he's dynamic, and I, I felt like because Awa really wasn't in the national spotlight this year, he didn't get the shine he deserved. But I thought Davion Nixon, at defensive tackle, deserved at least an honorable mention here for MVP. I mean, when you are when you play D-tackle and you can have an impact on a football game, I mean, these are like Derrick Brown, Javon Kinlaw-type stats that we're seeing from this kid. He's a junior um, and he, he his first year was last year, and he had a great year. This year, he really shined. I think he's coming back next year, Brandon. This could be a potential first-round pick right here, Davion Nixon out of Iowa. Yeah, I can definitely see that, Zach. Um, and so for my runner-up here, I'm going to have to go with another guy who he played most of the season, <laughs> I would say, except for a majority of one game. Um, he didn't really start lighting things up until the end of the season, though, but just the potential this guy has and what he did for his team when it, when it mattered in the conference championship game and in the playoff, I'm having to give this one to Trey Sermon, Zach. Uh, I mean, this guy lit up the stat sheet once he actually started playing 
And I want to say that turnaround point happened really against Michigan State right there toward the end of the season, um, where he had a, he had 10 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but it didn't end there, obviously. He, we took, he took all of that into the Big Ten uh, championship game where he rushed for 331 yards on 29 <laughs> carries against Northwestern. And that's the moment that everybody's ears perked up and they said, Trey who? Trey Sermon? Yeah, this guy is the real deal. And so then he went on to the first round of the playoffs uh, where they played Clemson. And guess what he did, Zach? He lit it up again, 193 yards on 31 carries for a touchdown. Um, and I know Justin Fields had a big game there, you know, six touchdowns, one interception. But Trey Sermon had just as big a role in this game in this huge victory. Uh, as anybody else in the field. I, I love unfortunately, it. I, unfortunately, he got injured on the very first play of the national championship game, or else I think, honestly, Ohio State might have been able to hang in there a little bit longer with Alabama. Just the way, just seeing the way things happen in this game, uh, I don't know if Bama runs out to that 28 point, uh, to, or 28 to 10 second quarter that they actually had. Right. I mean, I definitely think it would have changed the entire complexion of the national championship game. I mean, you have to think so. I mean, the kid was so dynamic. And I think, you know, if we did best, best of 2020 performances, that trade sermon performance in the, in the big 10 championship, probably is number one. Oh, I mean, uh, 331 I mean, okay. yards. Maybe, maybe two, because, you know, Devontae Smith put up 200 in the first half of the natty, but I think it's I think it's definitely top three. I feel, I feel like I feel very confident saying that that it's at least top three. So I don't mind that pick at all. And is is he coming back next year? I believe he is. I'm not sure. I, I know that he's a. Uh, I guess he still has one more year of eligibility. Yeah, because no, of COVID. No, no, he doesn't. Oh yeah, so I guess besides yeah, COVID. He didn't. He didn't ever redshirt though. He played all three seasons at Oklahoma. But um, yeah, I guess he could technically come back. Wouldn't that be just crazy? That'd be nuts. I mean, that would be insane. But um, you know, to the Big Twelve, man, I, this one was hard because I feel like there was so many options on you know one side of the ball. But I feel like there was an obvious one on offense. Brandon. Say, but we we have the same we have the same one. So let's just go ahead and knock it out. Barisi Hall, running Bingo. back, Iowa State, sixth in Heisman voting, guys. He was the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. And I know we, I said we didn't want to be chalk, but let me just <laughs> run through this real quick, okay? He was first in rush attempts, first in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns, first in place of scrimmage, first from yards from scrimmage, first in touchdowns per scrimmage, first in touchdowns regardless, and he also was first in points. What Here's else do you want? Zach. He is what we thought Chuba Hubbard was going to be this year. Yeah, he that's is. disappointing. And, and so, like, you, we know how much we talked about Chuba Hubbard on this podcast last season. I, and we talked about Brucey Hall probably about yeah. the same amount I, this season. Yeah, Maybe. I, I want to <laughs> – I can brag about that. I, it's on the website, guys. Go look at who I picked as my breakout play – one of my breakout <laughs> players in the Big 12. We are two for two right now. Okay, fair. Uh, he, I mean, and you're right. I mean, Brandon, and you know, I think we're going to have that episode, but like for terms of the biggest disappointments, Chuba Hubbard has got to be on there. has to be, I mean, Brandon, and not only, you know, I gave the big 10 stats. He was first in the country in rushing yards, 
second in the entire country for rushing touchdowns, third in just in straight touchdowns. I mean, this kid did it all, man. I mean, he averaged over five yards per carry. He had two receiving touchdowns. He averaged over eight yards for eight yards per catch. I this kid was so good, and I it just makes me wonder, Brandon. You know, he's coming back next year. How do you even top what you did this year? I have no idea. That is a good question. I mean, he's only a sophomore, Zach. He yeah, it's scary. could like that's that's nuts. And I know Chuba Hubbard was a sophomore last year. We're gonna get we're probably gonna get that, but man, come on. Let's not jinx this one. Oh, just this kid was by far and away the best player in the Big Twelve, guys. Absolutely. And it's not even a conversation, but I got to go defense right now. I know you probably got another um, <laughs> another offensive player you got to talk about. I do. But I'm going Joseph Osa from Texas as my runner-up MVP. Linebacker, 55 total tackles, Brandon. 15 and a half for loss, five and a half sacks, uh, a four, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. This kid was all over the field, and if it weren't for some injuries that kept him out of some games, Brandon, I think he would have. I think he could have been. He's he could have been right up there, Bruce to MVP. But when he was on the field, he had that immediate impact. I mean, we talked last year about some players like Joe Burrow, Derek Brown on the defensive side of the ball, where if they were on the field, the defense or offense was automatically better. I think that's the type of impact Joseph Asai had for the Longhorns defense this year. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that one, Zach. Um, And it's horns down forever. Just remember that uh, because (laughs) – because. Zach, Zach and I both have a longhorn on here. Um, I hate it. And I don't even think he had as good of a season as he did last season. But just the beginning, the way he started this season and the way that he propelled Texas through so, like certain games and the way that he did it all without really – like was there, was there a single weapon on, on Texas's offense this season? Um, not until Bashan Robinson broke out like week eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's a little bit too late in the what what is it, ten games for the Big Twelve this season yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yes. So that's a little bit too late. I know I, I know I gave Trey Sermon the award, but I think Sam Ellinger had a really good season and that's kind of hidden by Texas doing like wetting the bed, I guess, this year. Um, losing games they really shouldn't have. And I don't like giving credit to him at all. But I mean, he passed for 2,566 yards this season, uh, which is his second worst overall, but he played less games. Um, he passed for 26 total touchdowns to only five interceptions. I mean, that's that's uh, you, you can say whatever you want about Texas, whatever you want about Sam Ellinger. That's a great ratio. I know he only passed for 60% on the season, um, which is, you know, a little bit uh, probably below average uh, overall. But he got it done on the ground as well. I mean, I know when you think about Sam Ellinger, you aren't necessarily thinking about uh, a dual-threat quarterback. But you have to remember, until week eight, they didn't really have a running back they could lean on. And so I remember a couple weeks there when Sam Ellinger was the leading rusher. Uh, he, he rushed for 377 yards in the season, eight total touchdowns. I mean, this guy scored. What do you want me to say? He, he scored 34 total touchdowns in the season, Zach. And so I have to give him at least some kind of consideration for this award. I, I like it. I mean, if you go back to the Oklahoma game, 
if they didn't have him, they were going to get beat by 50. Sam Ellinger put that entire team, that entire roster, that entire coaching staff on his back and carried them to overtime. Right. I mean, I had a text, like, I had a text from somebody who said he looked like Tim Tebow, Brandon. That's how crazy he was playing that week. (laughs) I don't know about that, but okay. I'm talking about just that game. Like, that's the type of game he had is where he just was like, okay, don't worry about it. Like, he looked like Tim Tebow against Florida State when it was raining and he had, because Texas has those bright white jerseys and he had that dirt and mud all over him. And they were like, man, this dude is just eating out here. And I'm like, the kid's good. We hate on him on the podcast sometimes because he plays for the wrong team. But like, this kid is a baller. And if he would have stayed, with Steve Sarkeesian, I would be so excited to oh, see what what God. what he would put up in that system. That's I mean that's what I'm screaming over here because he went this team went six and three this season with essentially him being the only team him being the only player on this offense. Like they went six and three. Sam Ellinger was that good, and Tom Herman still got fired. Like I don't get it. I don't know how you get fired after that, but he did. <laughs> Um, hey they nailed the hire they nailed the hire though oh my god they couldn't have done any better unless they got like urban meyer which the jaguars said hey leave our guy alone yeah (laughs) let's stop but yeah i like that pick man as much as we give sam ellinger hell he had one heck of a season but we're going to get to the second hardest conference to pick because the pac-12 we only got to play some teams only play like four games Three games for some, but I felt like there was an obvious MVP here, Brandon, and that was Jarek Broussard, Colorado running back. In six games, guys, this kid put up 900 yards rushing. I mean, it's what Zach and I, this is weird because we didn't have the same pick for a while there, but we, I mean, I agree. He was by far the MVP of this conference. Yeah, I mean, five touch, five rushing touchdowns over uh, almost nine hundred yards. He was, he had sixty five yards receiving. Five, I, but it's not really about the stats, just because the Pac twelve didn't play. But let's compare him to his own conference. He was the Pac twelve offensive player of the year. He was first in rush attempts, first in rush yards. He was fourth in rushing touchdowns, f- uh, first from yards from scrimmage. I mean, this kid led the led led that conference in everything and he was dominant and this was all in his true sophomore year he didn't play last year he finally got a chance this year as a true sophomore at 5'9 185 and he dominated for the bus this year and I think that's why they were undefeated there for a while Brandon and until that USC game really wasn't exposed oh my god do you think this this Colorado team was actually good because I don't I think that I think that he was incredible Uh, I mean Jared Broussard carried this team really you know, and so, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's the reason they were undefeated for so long. Yeah, and if you didn't get to watch this kid, watch him next year, man. His film is electric. And I think if you watched, um, I think it was the Texas game in the Alamo Bowl where they play Texas, um, he showed out. I think I think Jared Broussard is a guy you got to look out for next year. I think right now, Brandon, outside of Keaton Slovis, he's got to be the odds-on favorite for the player of the year next year. Yeah, he has to be. He absolutely has to be. I mean, let's hope he can replicate this season. Yeah, and, you know, for my second pick, this one comes with heavy hearts, man. And I felt like we couldn't pick this conference MVP without talking about this kid. And, you know, we want to say rest in peace, Todd Jordan, but this kid deserves a shout-out for MVP, man. Uh, yeah. at, at 
as a true freshman, Brandon, at 5'7", this kid averaged over seven yards per carry and six touchdowns in only five games. I mean, he he was – I mean, as a true freshman, like you said, I mean, that's incredible. You know, that's – I understand – well, he only played five games this season. but um, Yeah, yeah, only five games. Wow. I didn't even see his stats until just now. He he wasn't my pick, but I definitely see where you're coming from with this one. That is, I mean, just a tragedy. Yeah, it just a I mean, this kid was a straight baller, man. I mean, second in the conference in rushing yards per temp, third in touchdowns. I mean, to be undersized at five seven and to do what he was doing for Utah this year is just outrageous. I mean, this kid was probably I think Brandon, I I believe he won freshman of the year. Um for the Pac-12, and, like, I know that there's all kind of dudes who who probably deserve an MVP thing, but I just felt like I could not let this go by without giving this kid a shout-out. And so definitely prayers out to his family and everything, man. But this kid definitely balled out and is one of my MVPs for the Pac-12 this season. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to my um, to my last MVP or my runner-up for MVP of the season, everyone, know Keaton, everyone knows that Keaton Cooks, but Keaton wouldn't cook without <laughs> his receivers. Amon, stand up, Amon Ross St. Brown, because this kid, I mean, Zach, what an incredible season he had. And and I get it. He, there was only six games, so you have to keep that in mind. But he had 41 receptions for 478 yards in the season. Seven total touchdowns, that's more than any other year in his career. And I'm talking about last season when, when he played 13 games and USC made it to a bowl game and it actually played in the bowl game. They didn't play in one this year. Um, he had 11.7 yards per reception. Like I said, seven total touchdowns. And honestly, he, who he is, who carried Keaton this year, Keaton, I love you, man. Please come on the podcast, but Amara Sate Brown saved you this season. <laughs> Listen, I, I am not going to, a lot of you here brandon i'm gonna brag a little bit again he was on my pack 12 breakout <laughs> players to watch so i want to brag uh-huh. a little bit i had him on there i will post <laughs> y'all go check out the bluebloodspod.com for was, that he was on zach's uh, breakout players to watch after a over 1000 uh, passing yard season last year that's true hey guess season. what he was on a lot of people's brandon so <laughs> do your research but okay to wrap up this episode man, we got the sec listen we're gonna take. We're gonna go ahead. Okay, <laughs> hang on. Me and Brandon Can picked two it? players, but we left one of them off. Let's no, just go ahead didn't. and say. <laughs> okay, we I picked two players, not. but did not want to be want to be chalk. Devontae Smith is the MVP. We get it. Can we just please talk about some other players we along wrote, with Devontae Smith? Like we get it. We get it. He's really good. <laughs> but. <laughs> But, like, we, we talk about him a lot. Let's just go ahead and get it over with Brandon. He, the Heisman winner, why did you pick him, as everyone already knows why you did? Zach, why why didn't you pick him? I get it. You didn't want to be chalk, but good Lord, Zach. Um, I mean, what didn't this kid do this season? He had a, he had 117 receptions for, wait for it, 1,856 yards over a shortened season. Yeah, he played the same amount of games he played last season. He only played half a game in the national championship, as he did for a lot of the regular season as well, because even though Alabama had an uh, all-SEC season this year, he still got pulled. He still didn't play second halves, and that's how good this Alabama team was. That's how good he was. 
He averaged 15.9 yards reception this year, uh, 23 touchdowns. Um, he, I mean, he was the highest winner, Zach. What do, what do you want me to say? Why, <laughs> like I said, why didn't you pick him? I did. I just picked like a runner up um, offensive and player. Return because... punt, Zach. I know. Did you see his punt return? <laughs> I know. 237 total yards on punt return. That's 21 and a half yards a, a return. Let's just go down the list of awards. AP Player of the Year, Bolitnikoff Award winner, Heisman a winner, Maxwell Award winner, SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. Okay. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. Lord. <laughs> Listen, he was first in the country in catches. First in the country in receiving yards. F- uh, f- what was it? First in the country in receiving touchdowns. I mean, Brandon, for his career, he is number one in SEC history in career touchdowns for 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 a receiver, and he's fifth in the entire NCAA. That's insane. I mean, just when you thought Alabama couldn't do it again, they couldn't produce another receiver. They couldn't produce a receiver better than Julio. Here we are. I don't know what happened, but it, let's let's watch. Brandon, let's not even that. We talked about him not even being the best wide receiver on the team this year. He Jalen Waddle was it. I was going to say, he probably wasn't. Jalen Waters didn't play, and then he played on a broken ankle. That's scary. That is scary. I mean, Brandon, he he was first in the SEC in punt return yards, and that was third in the country. Right. <laughs> That's I mean, nuts. This dude, hey, listen, I, I, how about this? You know, we, we always have the debate in the NFL, Brandon, who carried who, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Who carried who, Devontae Smith or Nick Saban? Who really was coaching out there? Great question. Because, because, because listen, we already have proof they play rock, paper, scissors to determine the routes. So I don't want to hear Steve Sarkeesian did a damn thing. Devontae Smith is out there with John Mechie throwing rock every time. Oh, yeah. Every time. <laughs> he knew. John Mechie knew not to win that rock, paper, scissors game before he got smacked. I guess I'm going to go with scissors again. This is ridiculous. Listen, Brandon, this is how I really feel about it, and this is going to come as a shock to you, a shock to anyone who knows me being an Auburn fan. Devontae Smith, Brandon, sealed up the greatest receiver of all time in SEC history. Okay. I believe that wholeheartedly. This is the guy, and I don't want to hear another single thing about Jamar Chase last year. I don't want to hear anything about anything. This was the greatest season for a wide receiver in NCAA history. Absolutely, it was. And man, so listen, I'm gonna have a runner up here just because I think that I, I think we should highlight some other offensive players outside of Devontae Smith, Brandon. And I have an interesting pick here, so just ride with me for a second. I have Elijah Moore, Ole Miss wide receiver. Okay. And I think he no. was probably the, I think he was right up there, man. I mean, in eight games, Brandon, because he got hurt. Only eight games. He had 86 catches, almost 1,200 yards for 14 yards per catch, eight touchdowns on those catches. And he also kind of returned kicks. He only had three. <laughs> but I think he was explosive, Brandon. And I think you can kind of vouch for this, too, because you know about this kid, too. This kid, I think, is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league, and he increases catches, yards, average, and touchdown in four less games this year than he had last year. He's on the upswing. I know he'll never live down the you know ping celebration in the Egg Bowl, 
But I think Love this it. kid, this kid was one of the best wide receivers in the SEC this year, and I think he deserves his respect being a five nine one eighty five wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and then that's unfortunately he will be remembered for that uh, at least in his college days. Hopefully, tough, maybe right? go on to see some other things. Elijah Moore, okay. I mean, he was a really great receiver. I, I can't disagree with you there. Um, I've got a different pick. Um, it's another. I've got a quarterback here, and it might not be the quarterback that you think. I uh, yeah, I, I talk crap about this kid all season, all season long, but I truly think he was probably the best quarterback in the SEC, and I think that's Kyle Trask. I think he had the best season. I, I like don't that. talk to me. Don't come talking to me about Mac Jones. Yes, he had an incredible season. He did things that a lot of quarterbacks haven't done in a long time. But he also had Devontae Smith. He also had John Mechie. And he also kind of had Jalen Waddle. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle Trask, yeah, he had Kadarius Tony. Yeah, he had Kyle Pitts. But good Lord. I mean, 68.9% passing, Zach. <laughs> over 437 passing attempts uh, for 301 receptions. He had 4,283 passing yards. That is just that number is crazy. I know we talked about Joe Burrow last year, and we're like, oh, no one's ever going to come close to this. Well, he came pretty close to it. Not not percentage, not percentage wise, but passing yards. Um, 43 passing touchdowns to only eight interceptions. I mean, that's incredible. As much as I hate talking about a Florida Gator, um, I already talked about a Texas Longhorn earlier. So I guess I guess things can't get too much worse for me. <laughs> So yeah, Kyle Trask, absolutely, probably the best quarterback in in the SEC this season. If JT Daniels would have played more, maybe, but he didn't. I mean, it was just like too little, too late. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I get what you mean about that. I, I like that pick a lot. I tried to, I, I want to try to give some of these other guys some shine, man. Uh, it's the same thing we talk about Kyle Trask and Vontae Smith every week, but you know what? I didn't follow that rule on the defense side of the ball, Brandon, because I knew you weren't going to go defense. I know people never get enough defense in their life. I'm going with Patrick Sertan. Yeah. As my defensive MVP. Um, You know, 37 tackles, three and a half for loss. He only had one interception. But y'all know I break it down better than anybody out here. Brandon, he was targeted 48 times. Why would you target this dude 48 times? I don't understand it. Makes no sense. He allowed 21 catches, which is a 43% completion rate against him, and he only allowed 270 yards against him, Brandon. Absolutely insane. And the best part, he allowed less than he allowed less than 85 yards after the catch. Why, why are you passing toward this guy? I, I don't get it. And listen, he only allowed – listen, this is the craziest stat ever – only allowed two touchdowns all year, Brandon. He had zero penalties. Zero? Zero. He never had a pass interference call on him. Wow. For his career, Brandon, he's allowed four touchdowns. He has four interceptions for his career. See, that just this doesn't man, he was he was so good though. <laughs> That's that is that that is way, way impressive. I mean Listen, he graded out at a 90 for Pro Football Focus, man. Right. I mean, Brandon, he played 916 snaps, 555 in coverage, and he only got targeted 48 times. That's bananas. 
<laughs> I mean, come on, bro. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense, Brandon. He had multiple games this year where he allowed zero catches. I I knew he was good, but now that you're reading his stats out, like this is, I don't I don't understand how he was okay. That, like, we're gonna we're just gonna have a Patrick Sertan like party here. Which two games this year, Brandon? Do you think Patrick Sertan allows zero catches? I have a feeling it's gonna be like teams that you wouldn't expect. So I'm gonna go with. Florida? No. No. He allowed he allowed two catches against Florida. Okay. Um LSU had to be. Yep. Zero had receptions LSU. against LSU. He was targeted five times. Yeah. So and is it Auburn? Please tell me it's Auburn. No. He allowed three <sighs> catches against Auburn. Was it oh, I'm I'm like blanking on who Alabama even played. Who was it? Mississippi State, a pass-heavy okay. air raid, zero okay. catches allowed. Brandon, he only had three games where he allowed more than three catches, and it was Auburn, Tennessee, and Georgia. Wow. Every other game, he allowed two or less. I mean, that's, that's wild. I mean, but to allow zero catches against LSU and Mississippi State, which are two of the most pass-heavy teams they play, is outrageous. I get it against LSU. I get it. But that's coming from me. A disgruntled he was, LSU fan. He was never targeted more than seven times in a game. I mean, probably for a good reason. Like That's facts. That's <laughs> facts. And that's why, okay, listen, I just want a little, little rant here. That's why I hate people who don't know football talking about DB stats. They're like, he's not an elite defender because he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. It's like, because no one throws at him. Like, if you have a 10 interception year, why in the world would you throw it to that person? Right. Like, it's wild. You got to get deep in these stats, guys. That's why I love pro football focus for these. But, yeah, zero catches allowed in multiple games this year. Patrick Sertan was the defensive player of the year in the SEC. I think he was by far, Brandon, by far and away, not even a conversation, the best defensive player, in best DB in the country this year. Absolutely, he was. That's tough. But, yeah, so you picked Devontae Smith, so it's fine. You don't have to talk defense with me. You know, it's, it's upsetting. I feel lonely when I talk defense. No one understands <laughs> me over here. But, guys, that is a wrap on our Best of 2020 MVP special here. we got a few more left, but we have some special Senior Bowl coverage coming very, very soon. we got draft coverage coming up not too far in the future. We have a lot of stuff planned. So just y'all already know. Y'all have been with us for over a year now. Y'all know just because the offseason is here, the content keeps flowing here on the Blue Bloods. So go ahead, follow us on Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. Follow us on Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. Um, website, thebluebloodspod.com. YouTube, the Blue Bloods or the Blue Bloods CFB podcast. I think that's all of them. I, I feel like I'm forgetting one, but I know I'm not. You guys can subscribe, <laughs> listen, rate, like, tell everybody about the podcast wherever you listen, man. We are available literally everywhere. We appreciate all y'all listening. We got announcements coming soon, but make sure to do all that stuff first, and we'll be back soon. But for right now, we out.